Welcome to Meditation and Aliens with Doro and Matt, a webcast that explores everything we currently know about the truth about aliens, human history, reality, consciousness, and the role meditation can do to help us understand all these things, and how we might all work together to build the best world possible for all beings, human or non-human alike. Meditation and Aliens is hosted by me, Matt Reddy. I'm an amateur ufologist. I have a degree in philosophy. I'm the creator of Hive1.net, an experimental social discussion platform for truth seekers and activists. I'm the author of a book called Revolutionary Mindfulness. That's about meditation and activism. I'm also an elected public hospital commissioner in Jefferson County, Washington. Each week, I am joined by Doro Kiley, longtime meditator, meditation teacher, and an experiencer with many stories and life coach extraordinaire. You can find more about Doro at her website, creationcoach.com. Now, on to the show. So, yeah, welcome and uh, hello, Doro, you're with me? I'm with you, Matt. This is great. I'm just enjoying uh, uh, these weekly podcasts. So I'm because I never know what to expect. You bring such good stuff to the table. So yes, I'm ready. All right. We are broadcasting live on Twitter space, which is uh, fun, although we don't usually have anyone drop in there. It's uh, feels good to me to get the show out live and immediate in case anyone really wants hear what we have to say as soon as we say it and not wait for the editing of the podcast and the YouTube videos that we also put out. Great. All right. So how are you doing this week? My goodness. Well, I'm doing fine. I'm just, I'm growing the YouTube channel and, you know, some of these podcasts uh, are that I'm putting on my channel are getting quite a few hits. And, uh, you know, I just feel this surge of, of, creativity and i think the it's actually being um confirmed by the schumann resonances of the planet i was just watching some information on that and we're going into some frequencies that supposedly um, offer us a little more creativity and i'm feeling it so that's how i'm doing how about you matt how you doing i'm doing pretty good um yeah, I, I had a a really cool sort of discovery this week um, because, as you know, I am super interested in the topic of aliens and UFOs and what the heck is going on with the secret keepers hiding it. And uh, I mean, the reason I started this podcast is because uh, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about what I'm figuring out and I want to hear other people's ideas and bounce ideas off of others and uh i mean i told you this before the show but i this week i went into virtual reality on the uh the uh it's called the meta quest now it used to be called oculus quest but it's a vr headset made by facebook's company meta and there's an app on there called big screen where you can go in and watch share uh movies and videos with groups of people and sort of like hang out in a room and talk to them about stuff. And I went in there and started a, uh, a little uh, room that said, let's talk about UFOs and aliens. And the room got flooded with, I mean, it can, it loaded up with 15 people. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was so 
cool. I mean, it was chaos because a bunch of kids came in, but there were a bunch of adults and there were lots, there were several experiencers that came in, people that had seen as children, uh, like a giant um, Star Wars style Star Destroyer flying oh, overhead. Wow. Uh, there was a guy from the military who said he had been assigned to help uh, dismantle some base, some underground base in California. And he said there were photos of alien bodies, uh, you know, aliens with three fingers. And, um, and then there was just other people just like, just trying to figure, they were just like blown away by this topic and trying to figure out what is going on. And it was, uh, and then, and then we had a bunch of little kids in there trolling and uh, causing trouble and I had to kick some people out and it and people got upset with me <laughs> chaotic yeah. I but gotta was... tell you Matt I gotta tell you that I after you telling me this um, a few days ago I went ahead and I bought one of these VR headsets it's not the newest one but I wanted to try it out so uh, maybe when I get mine we can meet in the virtual world of uh you know ufos and meditation and see what happens I awesome so, so you cool. got a meta quest like i did one. i got a meta quest too and great. uh that'll, that'll be great it's not the newest one but um hopefully i'll be able to to join you in some of these rooms and and we'll we'll see if we can actually live stream it to youtube or something <laughs> oh we definitely will i was i mean i was basically gonna say this is you know it, i mean I mean, I'm, the reason I'm broadcasting in Twitter uh, space is because I I want other people to join us. I want them to come in and, and I'd like to be able to take questions or just let people share their stories. And because, you know, I was just sitting in the room and there were, you know, there, it was like before I knew it, the room was filled and people, you can see them there just standing in the around. And while, you know, I'm like talking with one or two people and then I just sort of tried to facilitate and you know, I was like, well, great. I mean, I see other people here, you know, and you can just put your hand up, literally like put your virtual hand up in the air. And I was like, does anyone have anything to say about UFOs and aliens? It's like, I didn't even care what they had to say about it. You know, it was just like, you have, and, uh, you know, and a person, you know, when I, and then later I just sort of like uh, asked the whole room, I was like, who here has actually had an experience where they saw, you know, uh, something? Um, well, first I asked if, if anyone had an experience actually communicating or interacting with an alien, because those stories are really powerful, but no one besides me, I had, you know, I didn't share my story, but I, you know, I have a little story in that realm, but then I asked if anyone had really seen a, a really incredible UFO or something. And, and, uh, that's when the guy, you know, raised his hand and had the story of seeing this, basically this like star destroyer shaped giant ship as a child. And it was so fun because the people in there were like, are you serious? I mean, they were so shocked. And like, I think a lot of them had never actually heard face to face from a person giving their genuine testimony of seeing one of these things. And so the, the people just started throwing questions at them. Like, what did it look like? What was it? Did it have colors? You know, and it was like, uh, it just felt like it was like you're fertilizing communication on a, a taboo topic that, um, Everyone yeah. struggles to find people to talk to about it because there is such there's such a weird thing going on in our society about this topic of UFO isn't it? It's there's a stigma around it that people you you know don't be affiliated with anybody talking about UFOs. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so yes, we are definitely. I think we you know we're just going to try doing a live show in a. VR room and we'll just put it up on the um 
you know, we'll put it up. I uh, will say that this is a live podcast recording so that people know if they come in, we're going to record them of what they say. Um, so we have to give them that warning. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put up on the screen, you know, these are basically the guidelines for how we're going to run this. And uh, it might get chaotic and crazy, but I think we'll just give it a shot. And I think it'll be fun and energetic. And All right. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an, another adventure. You know, I'm, I shouldn't say this globally, but I'm going to be 70 in a few months. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, I've seen some changes and, and I'm just all for it. I'm, I'm ready to jump in. We've got to steer this ship and uh, we got to take it in a good direction. And the first thing we got to do is overcome all these fears of each other. So, and aliens, right? So uh, let's, let's just open it all up to people and start talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the, the first topics I wanted to, you know, I have on my list here is to, to discuss this, not just media blackout on the topic, but also sort of the mental blackout that some, it seems like some people have you you either it's like, there's two types of people in our society. Those that, you know, have like realized there is something up with UFOs and aliens and, you know, they're, they've started down the rabbit hole and there's those that are just like, absolutely refusing with everything they have to to take this subject seriously and they do and it's like my uh my wife went on a family trip went back and met talked to relatives and she has a you know uh i'll just say a relative that is you know of my generation you know high tech you know into that world and she like mentioned that you know we've gone to a bunch of alien UFO conferences and Matt that told told him that I'm like really into aliens and he's just like ah he's just crazy Matt's crazy that's <laughs> yeah. nonsense it's such not and it's just and um and then uh just another there's a show there's a comedian named Daniel Tosh I'm sure you have not heard of that would be yeah. my prediction well yeah. yeah probably not your style of comedian but uh he's 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 very funny he's one of my favorite comedians. And he has a podcast called The Tosh Show on YouTube. And on his podcast, he just interviews, uh, he does not interview celebrities. He interviews, he likes to interview sort of normal people that just have, you know, for he just wants to interview them. And so he like, um, you know, he like interviews a, a dog trainer he knows. He interviewed a wellness guru he knows. Um, he interviewed like, a French guy, he knows. It's just like, it's just, <laughs> That's he, great, yeah. it's, and, but he he interviewed. Uh, no, and he also interviewed this. The only he interviewed this uh, actor who had been in like fourteen um, Hallmark Christmas romantic comedy specials, and that was. Mm. And so it's like this obscure, you know, C list level actor. <laughs> but in, in his interview with the wellness guru, they were talking about all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and, and she just sort of out of the blue was like, oh, wait, but you hear about this UFOs and that apparently UFOs are real. And he was just like, oh, it's nonsense. This is like, it's totally not. And it was just like, yeah. it's just an example that people can't. Right. Hear it. And uh, they can't hear it. I had my, my cousin come stay with me for a day and, and, uh, her husband and, you know, as soon as I broach the subject, it's, you know, chuckles and, you know, I, I'm sure my whole family thinks I'm insane. Um, so how do you get past that? I mean, we, we're dealing with real congressional hearings, aren't we? Real whistleblowers? I mean, massive legislation, yeah. uh, the National Disclosure or not uh, the National Defense Authorization Act had a 75 page 
piece of legislation sponsored by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Senator Round, Senator Gillibrand, Senator Marco Rubio, that mentions non-human intelligence some like 70 times in this. And it and it passed with, I mean, it got gutted. The majority, a lot of the bill got stopped clearly by, it seems, you know, a couple of congressmen who seem clearly corrupted and controlled by the military industrial complex. That would be uh, Senator or uh, Congressman Mike Turner and Mike Rounds. Uh, but it's like, uh, and there's a, um, I mean, this is clearly a newsworthy story. I mean, even if, if you're a news organization and you are not discussing the massive UFO-related uh, bill sponsored by the majority leader of the Senate, passed by 88 senators out of 100, I mean, it's like Marco Rubio said this. It's like either there is something going on with UFOs and aliens and hidden alien technology or Chuck Schumer is a nut job and the majority of the Senate's a nut job about this. And all these whistleblowers like David Grush are lying and committing major crimes by lying. So those are the two possibilities. And both of those are stories. Those are yeah. both, you know, and, and if if it's all a lie and it's all crazy senators, that's a great story. How would you not talk about that? But they are no, terrified of it. I agree. And I possibly part of the the paranoia that, that people experience is that maybe they're just uh, believing that this is just another another something to distract from what's really going on or trying to scare everybody into one world government. There's so much uh, distrust, I think, right now everywhere that people are looking at this whole subject with uh, a grain of salt apparently it's like well maybe it is and maybe it isn't and who knows and you know what's on tv kind of thing so yeah that this is a real it's a blind spot it's a blind spot where do you go when nobody's listening yeah i think you go to independent media uh, yeah. and podcasts and um the internet which but unfortunately the internet is you know uh i don't know I'm tempted what which metaphor do i use cesspool or uh, fire <laughs> yeah. hose of craziness yeah. but yeah. there is a, sh uh, a, po a sh podcast show i wanted to mention it's called the big thing and they, they mainly cover like movies and stuff but every tuesday they do uap tuesday and the two hosts just discuss like we're doing you know what the heck's going on with ufos and congress and can you repeat that matt i'm gonna write that down uap what it's uh they do uap tuesday Tuesday. Uh, but the, sh the show is called The Big Thing. Yeah. And uh, I'll put a link in our show description because right. I, I listen to these guys every Tuesday and it just started out because they were like, you know, he was just like, um, oh, this is something's going on with this. So every Tuesday, we're just going to have fun and talk about this topic. But it's evolved into, oh, I love it. They just rant now about what is going on with the media not covering this. <laughs> Oh, well, that's a whole big story, isn't it? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's even more scary. <laughs> well, and there was just this past week, a crazy event happened. Um, there was uh, in Los Angeles, there was just these amateur uh, videographers who I guess their thing is to video um, airplanes around airports. They have these super powerful you know, telescopic lenses and, and Air Force One, Joe Biden's plane was flying over LAX that day. And so they were like, 
had this zoomed in shot of watching Air Force One and had two fighter jets escorting it around in the air. And so they were just watching it and they were talking because they're really into airplanes. And then a flipping silver orb flies mm. by Air Force One and they're just sort of chatting and they're like, oh, some people in the chat are saying we just filmed a UFO. And they're and the guy's like, what? And he's like, yeah, they're saying we just saw. It. And so they keep on filming and the thing flies by again. It flies oh by God. Air Force One again. And they're like, hey, that something did just we did just see something. And then they eventually were able to zoom in on it. And it's like hovering still in the air. And but it's really a small, just like a small, perfectly, you know, round sphere in the air. Yeah. And this um and this story did make it on a couple news channels this uh but not many but he, but you know it was like yeah i mean i think it was a uap there's a lot of um there were a lot of stories that an orbs are uh very common as one yeah. of these and it i mean you know i mean this is there's not a ton of evidence over this sighting i mean you this is one you could easily say okay maybe it was a balloon maybe because they didn't catch it like flying or at least they couldn't tell from I couldn't tell from the video. You can't really tell if the thing is doing anything, you know, other than floating in the air because because mm -hmm. they were tracking a moving plane. So, um, mm -hmm. but in any case, if it had like started doing crazy maneuvers, that would have been something. But if you assume yeah. it was like a, if this was a genuine UAP, one of these high tech flying devices that uh, orbs, it's like it's almost like. Um, I'm hearing that it seems that these sightings are increasing and it seems yeah. like if that's true, the, the phenomenon seems to be intentionally trying to get more visible to humanity. I mean, flying around air force one is a way to get seen. Anyway, that's, that's for uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they well, talked about that. But. And there are two camps of belief that, that are popped up here that, that on the one side we're saying, or some of these um, people in the in Congress are suspecting maybe some of this is uh, is actually created by this secret arm of the of the military, yeah, uh, and that it's so you know it's actually our stuff that we yeah. have um, created from back engineering the the UFOs that we have um, captured. Yeah. Uh, so there's no way right now, I guess, of of telling if they're if they're from us or from space i mean do you have a sense of that well i mean if, if we assume they are the the secret keepers you know the cia lockheed martin they have some sort of you know secret fleet of uh these things the question would then become why would they have one of these flying around air force one in a way that would get visible why would they do that it's a unless they are I mean, maybe it's actually it's ours and it's protecting Air Force One, maybe. But if it's not, it's uh same thing with the the Tic Tac video that they that Commander Fravor saw in 2004. That that Tic Tac was and it seemed to be a bunch of Tic Tacs were doing something inside a region of the Pacific Ocean, which they where these jets like Commander Fravor were doing exercises. I mean, they were operating in a zone without um you know they're in a zone that they're going to be seen by military planes um i mean these things clearly have the technology to not be seen if they don't want to like they can just fly away from you really fast if they don't want you to ever see them so why are they doing this in a place where someone like you know commander fravor or these 
these videographers at LAX, why would they do it in a place where they could be seen, but not seen real clearly? They just want to, they're seen just like yeah. barely enough to cause a ripple of attention. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder, is this, what is, is there an agenda, you know, that, and that's where people just start spinning off <laughs> all kinds of maybe this and maybe that. And, uh, and, it, and it can create a lot of anxiety. I mean, we don't know what's going on. Um, and, and that's where I come in with the meditation and stuff. So that's, um, that's, that's how I stay anchored to the, to the reality that I live in. So, um, so is, is there anything else happening in, in, in the political arena around this that you've come across this week? Let's see. Well, the other, well, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit more about the media blackout because I did some yeah, research yeah. on that. Um, so one, I'm just, I was just sort of, you know, just thinking about this and, you know, I've been making sort of mental maps and I started making a visual image uh, map of who the major players are in this situation. And, and it's, we'll just focus on media for the moment. You know, it's, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, NPR, PBS, ABC, all the major, major networks are apparently obeying a blackout. They are barely touching this topic. They are afraid of it. But then there's, on the other side, there is this small cable news channel, News Nation, that is totally covering it. And they're not obeying the media blackout. And I felt like that's something that's worth digging into. Like, why would this one company feel the freedom to delve into this topic, you know, and really discuss it seriously while these others are just afraid of it? And, and I was like, you know, this has to be explainable by the ownership. You know, it's the owners are in charge. So I, and you, these are publicly traded companies. So I just started researching. You can look up on Yahoo Business who are the major shareholders of these companies, corporations, because wow. I was hoping... I was hoping to look into this and see, oh, it's News Nation is owned by, I expected to see, you know, maybe a corporation, a mysterious corporation that we have no idea who owns it. But it was, I expected to see somebody different than the owners of all the other big networks. Right. But what I saw was it was owned by seemingly basically the same, same oh. major corporation. Yeah, and it's BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street. These are, I mean, those are the same BlackRock, Vanguard, they, they own everything. They have, now they that have, brings they have, up big questions, doesn't it? Yeah. Why would there be blackout on, you know, other channels and not this channel if they're yeah. all owned by the same group? Yeah. What's well, that all about? Yeah, well, to me, you know, if it had been owned by someone different, like, and let me like throw out there, there is the um, Newsweek magazine is also one of the, is one of the only major periodicals uh, that is that covers this topic legitimately. And Newsweek magazine is owned by like two guys. So that is like clearly in another, I would consider that basically independent media, but I found that interesting. There's, that is definitely, a, you know, cause the Washington Post, New York Times, they won't touch this. No. But no. Independent media will, and Newsweek will, cause, but that's owned by two guys. So you can give them credit. But why is News Nation seemingly owned by, if BlackRock basically owns News Nation and owns CNN and Fox News, but it allows News Nation to cover this, then that seems that the the 
same group is basically in control of both sides of this as far as it seems like that seems to fit with the controlled disclosure plan that absolutely they've yeah. chosen news nation as a media outlet they're going to let run with this until they are ready to for whatever reason let down the floodgates on these other major news networks and they're and maybe they're just waiting for the right timing that it fits their agenda to you know to do that and because they're taking a risk i mean it's such a it's a it's a it's a really big business risk to force your big media networks to not cover the biggest story in history i mean yeah they should be hitting they should be getting a ratings hit from that and that's another thing i've been watching to see is news nation getting like is its rating starting to skyrocket because i feel like you know cnn and fox news they would if that started to really happen if news nation suddenly started to get tons and tons of viewership because it was the only channel covering this honestly i feel like they would react and they would change their strategy because i don't think they would give up the money that they could yeah. get by covering this um isn't but, this interesting yeah but if they but if the same people own both then maybe they don't care so much if blackrock owns news nation so what do they care if News Nation becomes the biggest news channel in the country and Fox News and CNN make a take a major nosedive. As long as they own both companies, maybe they don't care. It's kind of a wash to them. Yeah, I mean, my sense is that they don't care about the money I, I, with this particular issue because I agree, it, it feels almost like a controlled disclosure. Um, it's all being very, very well orchestrated about who, who gets to get you know, what information and how quickly and where. Um, so there there are two ways of looking at this that I've come across. And one is, is that this is uh, very authentic and it's all very real. And and uh, the other camp is, is that this is a controlled disclosure, but it's not really a disclosure, that it's actually leading up to this Bluebeam project. Have you heard of that, the Bluebeam project? Yeah, the, that's the uh, the fake alien invasion. The fake alien invasion that's supposed to scare everybody to death and, you know, get everybody under one umbrella, which is the new world government, supposedly. That's supposed to be the, the Bluebeam project. So, you know, it's either it's either that or or this is really happening I, I mean something is happening clearly clearly something is happening and and the 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 distribution of information is is being controlled do you have a sense of i mean what's your attitude toward this is this is it scary is it uh is it exciting i mean what is your whole gut feeling toward all of this um i mean it's just to be like incredibly fascinating mystery um i'm very i am very offended and disturbed by uh the conspiracy and the the secrecy that seems to have been happening around it from the cia and and i'm you know offended that it seems like some evil things have been done to keep this secret and damage has been done to society by uh, withholding this information, withholding the technology and science that it would have helped drive. Um, I'm not scared because I, um, 
Well, that actually, it starts to lead to uh, sort of a bigger philosophical topic I was I was thinking we could jump into. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Well, so it, so basically, you know, it's like it, it's, it's really pushes me to like, try to understand the nature of life and the universe and reality. It's like, what is really going on? And I've always been very open-minded and curious about the concept of simulation theory, the, the, the idea that we might be living in some sort of contrived computer simulation of some sort. And you know, there's a lot of evidence in quantum mechanics that for me um, and others really sort of lends itself to, it seems we live in a, you know, if you, if you look at quantum mechanics, it seems that a lot, everything in our universe comes down to the equivalent of pixels, you know, it comes down to the, the Planck uh, length, the Planck time, and even, I mean, just atoms, electrons and everything. Those are, those are all basically similar to pixels that we have in video games. Right. Um, and, and, you know, the, the laws of physics are just seem to be like rules that someone defined for this simulation. And so I'm, I'm very open-minded to that. And, but one of the, one of the big things that, um, you know, I, uh, that made me think simulation theory was not true when I, I think about five years ago, I came to the conclusion, it seems there's so much evidence that we are living in some sort of simulation, but the biggest thing for me a big flaw in that was in my brain, I was like, why would you build a simulation and create humanity and let them live in here and not have other aliens, other civilizations in it with them? Cause that would be the most interesting thing to do in a simulation is to, I mean, to have multiple, you know, uh, technological civilizations interact. Why would you not do that? It's like, That's it just seems so boring to not do that. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, eventually I was like, Oh, sh Shites, there's plenty of evidence that there's aliens around. And then it became, oh, this is even a this is such a fascinating thing to be living through. So so, anyways, the, the other thing about simulation theory, if you start to take that seriously, is it changes your relationship to death and what you think happens with death. It suddenly, I mean, if, again, if, if this is a simulation, then death would not be death. That would be stupid. It'd be so silly to have people actually die when they die be such right. a waste you know yeah and so um that led me down to a new rabbit hole that i've been going which i highly recommend and i'm which is near-death experience videos on youtube where there's i don't know if it's all one channel but people that I, and now they come at my up in my feed all the time people that have had these near-death experiences are just sitting there and telling their story and uh like they'll sit there for like 20 minutes and just tell you what they experienced and you know, I listened to one of these once in a while and I've listened to like three or four in the last week. And these stories are such amazing information. The the details, um, and I'll just sort of like, you know, uh, let me just sort of like share some of the, the, the gist of how these stories tend to work. Yeah. They, um, you know, they, they, they often, um, they leave their bodies and I mean, they definitely have the, you know, often they're out, be able to be outside of their bodies and go into other parts of like the hospital and see their relatives talk to each other and be able to recall those conversations. But then, but they often find themselves, um, oh, like this one incredible one, this guy drowned. He like, he like, he was 
trying to swim out to this boat and he couldn't stay up above the water and he mm. went down underwater and he remembers going all the way down to the bottom and like touching the seaweed on the ground and like being sitting on the you know at the bottom of the water and something inside of him told him to just sort of let go wow and he let go and he went to another realm and he like he he saw like like giant images of from his life and he you know they often go to this realm where they see like millions and millions of other beings and then and then they often are and they're also like it's often incredibly wonderful there it feels wonderful they 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 know so much they understand so much about the universe and then and they and they often have to be sort of convinced to go back to their body and they and, and several of the, the, the very similar a lot of similarities and then they describe being like sort of convinced to go back into their body usually because it's like you still have stuff to do in that life and and then but they, they describe what it feels like to be forced back into the body it's often painful because it's mm -hmm. like so much more um there's something more much more pleasurable about being in that other realm and so this guy then he gets back into his body and he's like laying on the beach now so it's like i don't even know how anyone rescued him wow and him from completely drowning but he's like on the beach and they're they're waking him up and um and you know there's there's uh, several uh and, and anyway so it's like several stories that's basically the gist and i've read you know enough of these that that really fits with a type of simulation theory sort of um you know in you know theory of what's going on here that we are we are in these bodies and but we're really inside of some sort of bigger matrix and death is not death and you know it's just we just leave our body and we and a lot of them describe that there's, you know, they clearly see, oh, they often say that they see the multiple lives that they lived. They right. see like, oh, I've, I've been in this body, but I've actually had other lives. And they see people going in and out of earth lives. So to me, you know, at, at a higher level, that's way more important. You know, if something like that is true, that's way more interesting and important than the fact, hey, aliens might be flying around here messing yeah. with us or secret keepers might be messing around with us um but there's uh, a lot there i mean there yeah. <laughs> you know and, and you hear you hear about people lately <laughs> saying when you die don't go into the white light and and there's all these now people are afraid to go to the white light and and that's confusing people so some people are saying oh go into the white light you're going to get sort of sucked into a jar and you know you're going to be put on a shelf somewhere <laughs> it's so weird what's going on i think people are getting confused and and scared and anxious and they're going deeper and deeper into just being more and more distracted and drugs and everything to, to escape this anxiety um but i like that I, I agree i think this this is a simulation my question is what's the purpose and who's running the show i, I tend to think we're all running the show but you know, there's a lot of opinions out there. Um, what do you think? What, what do you think is running the show? Well, I agree. That's the question. I mean, it's like, you know, once I'm like, I listen to enough of these and I'm like, okay, I, this sounds plausible that we are, um, that, you know, that 
the suffering that we perceive in this life is really just sort of an illusion part of almost like a game and the real at least the next there's another level of reality that after we die um that we will see is actually you know really pleasant and there's not anywhere near the level of suffering and pain and maybe we won't even think of the suffering we had during this life as really that significant once we see it from that level but so let's assume there is that next level where you know all our relatives and ancestors are still alive and we're going to see them but the question is what is the nature of that realm like who is running that reality that level is that also within a simulation yeah. um, and is and you know are we i mean what i think might be happening is it is basically the equivalent of a um like an aquarium you know it's just a if i mean if you imagine if you were able to create a universe inside of a computer with living beings and they could live out their lives and everything and you they were really alive and they were um able to uh you know and you were able to have relationships with them and get to know them and love them you know i mean, i would if i could do that I feel like I would have great affection and protectiveness towards the beings that I could create in these universes. Yeah. And so I could imagine that that's basically what we're inside some sort of universe that's been created by someone at least as ethical as myself, that is not a jerk and is not going to do it for my own entertainment value and not going to just mess around with the beings that are inside of it. And I'd keep them inside a really safe, environment you know i'd keep it really protected and so i would assume that that that's that dimension that people see when they have these near-death experiences they're they're still inside of basically you know a simulation bubble but they're probably really safe you know because but i mean i don't know safe from what you know i don't know if it's you know our and our I, that's what i wonder about i wonder if there's like threats and dangers that are you know way bigger and beyond our universe that could you know that could do horrible things or destroy oh us. my goodness well you know i think that just by um being alive you know we're we're in a very dangerous place here we're we don't want to acknowledge that we're actually on this little tiny ball floating in infinite space at you know millions of miles an hour through a balling a ball of fire and i mean we're 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 not safe <laughs> and the question is at what point do we feel safe um which is an illusion but we have to have that illusion in order to just function so you know where where do we start to have our beliefs that make us feel safe and you know the whole thing about this uh, simulation i i agree it's a simulation but i believe it's a fractal simulation in other words we're we're on one level of we're doing our own creating programs right and games and then the next level up is there's some other higher intelligence beings that are creating a game for us to play and we're in that one and then probably above them is a higher intelligence. I mean, there's just no telling how how far up the, you know, how far this can go in terms of, you know, fractals or holograms. And 
you know, we, we keep trying to squeeze everything into this little three-dimensional time and space concept. But, you know, when you when you think bigger like that, there's a great book out there called The Holographic Universe and uh, a lot of people saying that we're in a fractal universe. And, and I believe I believe that I, I can't I got to admit, I can't entirely wrap my head around that. But I can see that this is probably more like um, jumping octaves, you know, you're on a low C, and then you jump to the next high C and then the next high C and, and, uh, and so we're, we're at one of those octaves, we're sort of, you know, playing our part in one of those octaves. And my personal feeling is that we're getting ready to jump to another octave consciously in our consciousness. So yeah, who, who knows? I, and I don't, and I think we're going to really blow our minds if we try to figure it all out. The, the question is, where is our comfort zone and what do we need to get there? Yeah. Because people can't really function very well or create anything very well if they're under stress and fear. So, yeah. Hmm. Do you, uh, what do you think of, like, what do you think happens after you die? I think we wake up to the next level, you know, we, it's another fractal thing, you know, we go to sleep at night, and and we dream and all of that seems very real. And then we wake up. And then I think the same thing happens on this level as we, we live our life, and we think everything's real, and then we die and we wake up on another level. So it's fractals, I keep, I relate everything to fractals and holograms. So and, and do you think what do you think about the past lives thing? Do you think you've had past lives? Yes. Well, you know, I must say I'm coming from a Buddhist background, um, just in training. I've, I've uh, attended a lot of Buddhist training classes and what have you. And it does make sense. It makes sense to me that the, our consciousness can move around. It doesn't have to be confined to one body. Um, and that it can, you know, you've heard of, I mean, even the, the military, I guess, use, uh, what do they call it, virtual viewing or uh, remote viewing, remote viewing. Um, <clears throat> so it seems obvious that we can, or the, the this point of consciousness that we think we are is capable of moving around, it doesn't always have to stay in the body. Um, there's some great science happening now that that's um kind of coming up with this theory that everything is plasma and i haven't quite figured all that out yet but i can see that we're moving around in through space and time in a what would be like a conductive jelly and so you know there it's conductive because we can receive um impulses that are around us and coming through and it's hard to explain and I haven't quite understood it but I I can see that we are surrounded by infinite potential and we are capable with training or by dying to to move through that plasma um, wherever we set our intention that's the way I see it do you think um I mean do you think after you die that you might come back into another human body in this 
world and live another life? Yeah. In fact, you want to really know what I think? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think every single thing on this in this plane, in this three-dimensional level of reality, is us in a different incarnation. I am you in your incarnation, because when you die, time and space are gone. So everything becomes non-local, and everything becomes now. And so, you know, everything I every rock, every bird, every every person is me in another incarnation and that fits perfectly with uh, um the eastern concept of reincarnation and there's no time so it's yeah. all happening now <laughs> yeah i've heard a bunch of different versions of of a, a concept similar to what you're describing um and especially sort of connected with these near-death experiences but a lot of a lot of people who uh, claim to be able to remote view with aliens and other dimensions sort of describe the same thing. They just des they describe that all of consciousness is one consciousness, like and it just appears in this, you know, this reality that we see. It looks like our consciousness is different, like mine is different than yours. But when these people that have the near death experience that they go into this realm, they actually see that basically all their consciousness is connected or like you know so we are all one we're all piece of this same thing um is that kind of similar to what you're yeah yeah it's like we're all just little finger puppets you know you hold up your hands with 10 little puppets and they're all interacting but it's all you it's all just you know coming from this one person you okay so i have 10 little finger puppets on my fingers and they're all bouncing off each other and they think they're separate, but really, you know, there's one, one consciousness behind all of them. So let's just go with that. Cause it's, there's one aspect of this whole story that again, I find kind of frustrating. And that is if it is true that we are sort of all one consciousness and we, we keep coming down into these, human lives and experiencing um, uh, a life and then going back to that and coming back here, maybe our consciousness is in some way learning and growing and evolving through these journeys. But one thing that frustrates me about this is our memories getting wiped between these lives. Like, I feel like I would learn so much more, so much faster if I was able to clearly remember every one of my past lives and not because it seems to be part of this process that our memory is to some degree wiped clean so that we, so that I have this perception that, you know, the life of Matt Reddy is that's the bulk of what I, and what I remember. And even within that life, I barely remember all the events of it. You know, I only have like a little outline of the events of my life and a few sharp memories in this, you know, it's, it's our lack of, it's, a, it's like a weird, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. It's like a weird handicap of our minds that we don't get to just remember and record everything in detail. I agree. I agree. I wish I had a better memory. I mean, but if we if we remembered everything, you know, if I said to you, Matt, what did you have for breakfast on January 2nd in, you know, 19... 20 no you weren't born back then but not, let's say 19 uh you know 93 or something you, we don't know we don't remember we're very very 
limited in what we remember. And I agree, it's a handicap. But if we remembered everything, maybe we would just be enlightened and there would be no play. There would be no show. I think we're here just to see what we can become, what we can contribute to the to the mind of I don't want to use the word God, but to, to the mind of, of existence, to the mind of being. Yeah, well, that is, um, that's kind of a thread that I wanted to uh, discuss because I, I realized, I mean, one, you can see it from these near-death experiences, these people that go and see this other realm and then they come back, their life is different because they suddenly are like, oh, now they know for sure death is not death. And they know that the realm they go to after they die is incredibly wonderful. And they yeah. like this one guy was old and he was like, a lot of my life I've spent like, ah, I really want to get back there. <laughs> he's like, I really miss that realm. Yeah. And you know, he's like really looking forward to dying and going back there. Yeah. And, it, and so if we had full knowledge of that realm, it would impact how we would act towards death and it would change completely change our behavior if everyone had that knowledge. So that's one level one. We would be fearless. Wouldn't we, we would have no fear. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, we would treat it like a video. If you watch people play video games in which their avatar can be destroyed, but they know it just comes back to life. They die all the time and they don't care. Right, they do right. So there's, there's that, so I guess what I'm trying to say is it's like the memory wipe has to have a purpose. And it's like, I'm starting to realize it's essential for, um, for freedom. Like if you, um, and, and there's two parts of that. One is like, if you knew death was not death, that would totally affect human behavior. But the other thing is, and this is like, you know, the one question I have is why would anyone leave that realm? Why would you leave a super enjoyable realm with, no worries about food or safety. And you had, you know, just incredible amounts of pleasure and experience and connection and love. Why would you come into this life? And one possibility, one possible theory I have is even though you have everything you possibly could want, perhaps in that almost heavenly realm, what if, because you know the nature of the simulation in that realm, you know that every that you basically don't have privacy. You, you in that realm, you know everything is seen, and there is no. I mean, there's no one doing evil, but you also don't really even have the freedom to do evil because there's no privacy. There's you know everything is seen, and everything will be held accountable. And the only way to have a feeling of freedom to actually choose to do or explore stuff, you have to wipe your memory of the knowledge that everything is is really being watched. And That's recorded. interesting. So you think that that we learn differently if we think nobody's watching? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you, and I've had this discussion with people because I, I actually brought this up at a dinner last night and someone, when I said this, they said, well, no, plenty of people think everything they do is watched by God. You know, some people believe in God and believe they're watched all the time. And, and I'm, and my response was, you know, I don't believe people that really believe God is watching them would ever do evil. Right. Yet, plenty of people do evil. And, um, I just don't, I don't believe they actually believe in God. I mean, if, if you, um, I mean, if, it, if you are in, being watched on camera 
or watched by other people, you just don't do the same. You don't do the same evil things because you know you're being watched. And yeah, if you, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. and once we realize through meditation and and other practices, once we realize that we we really are connected, you know, we really are one hand with lots of little puppets. Um, that that it is all just us, and so when you realize that you you feel responsible for each other you know there's that sense of of um you know i'm not not so much what i'm what you're talking about being watched but when you sense when you realize it's all me it's all us together there's less inclination to to hurt people and more inclination to be of service um, so when we come in and we get a memory wipe, uh, we're basically, I think, being uh, willing to go into this level of challenge. We want to see where our challenges are, you know, because if we're living in this kind of non-challenging, everything's wonderful, heavenly space. I could see that there could bring some curiosity about, gosh, I, I wonder what else I could become or what's what else there is and just merge into this level of challenging situations. Let's put it that way. Well, I, I think if we, I mean, I think if we could, you know, if we knew that we were one with everybody, we knew everything was watched and recorded. I, I think that would, it might stifle creativity. You know, I agree. Like it stifle freedom and creativity. And, and that might be kind of the purpose of why this is such, why we come into these lives. It's, it's, and maybe there is a value to the creativity, you know, maybe it's like helping, um, yeah, whatever's going on at that next level. Maybe they need creative beings to, you know, go in here and think about stuff and, um, yeah. Oh, I'm sure that we, <laughs> I'm sure that, that this level of existence is very entertaining for anybody else that's, you know, able to watch from, from a higher level. <laughs> so it's gotta be, gotta be entertaining. So, but it's, it's scary. I think that's part of what we're doing here is to try to face this fear that we all have all the time. I mean, we've never been without it. It's part of our body. Actually, the whole survival mechanism is based on, you know, surviving and, you know, it's all fear-based. So I think we're coming to take another jump into a plane of existence that is not so fearful. Mm. There's not so much desperation and uh, need for concerns about basic survival. Um, yeah. If we can play our cards right. I, I feel like we're in the middle of a caterpillar cocoon in the middle of winter and inside that cocoon is just a bunch of goo it's all dissolved into jelly but the cells are starting to wake up and figure out oh i'm a i must be a a, a wing cell i must be a part of a wing or a leg or a, a stomach or something so we're we're being we're, i think we're getting jellyfied <laughs> and we're trying to figure out what we are next What's the next step? Yeah. Yeah. And it, seems to be, yeah mm -hmm. and it seems to be tied up with the, this revolution of independent media podcasts right. and all these independent voices that are suddenly like focusing, like they're 
energy on the whatever this control structure is of the that's whatever's controlling the major media um controlling the economies and the militaries on earth it's like and and crypto cryptocurrency and the decentralized computing revolution and artificial intelligence is all sort of like uh yeah it it seems to be all playing a role that something is going to you know change something is going to shift and um i mean and i'm i guess i'm like i'm pretty optimistic it seems like some some seriously toxic structures need to be dissolved and replaced with something better i agree and, uh, i agree it, yeah. it, for me it feels like you know the the petals of the flower are dying <laughs> but you know here comes the fruit and now we got to find out what we are yeah yeah. And I think it's going to be, I think a lot is going to happen this year because, you know, the something I, I have this suspicion, I'll just, you know, throw this out there. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but it may be that the um, this controlled alien disclosure plan is timed with the election. And so maybe they think they can time it to help make sure Biden gets reelected in addition to you know, so I mean, like, I think maybe they're building up to having Biden do some major address to the country really close to the election that'll just shock the world and just shock enough people to suddenly support him that he wins the election. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of my. Yeah, if they can use it for political clout, then I'm sure they will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it definitely seems to be, you know. There definitely seems to be that the secret keepers want to keep control of the CIA and the U.S. military and things like that. And the presidency is key to that. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's um, I'm just hoping I am hoping that this topic rips open so that the a, a big portion of this election season, they have to talk about it. And I can't see how they wouldn't if Chuck Schumer and and, and you know, Senator Rounds you know, pass this bill, how could this not be discussed in presidential debates, right. this topic? And and what a fun topic to have these candidates have to talk about. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy, he'll talk about it. He'll say, I want full disclosure. He's the only one, though. You know, everyone else is staying away from it. But just, geez, it's such a great one. Oh, I, I hope it breaks wide open sometime next year during the election year. And, you know, and News Nation hosted a Republican presidential debate just a few, like uh, several weeks ago. <clears throat> and everyone in the UFO community was like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, this uh, woman Vargas reporter for Newsday, she was one of the questioners and she's done tons of UFO uh, stories about David Grush and stuff. And they were like, oh, when is she going to ask the question? And she did not ask a single question about it. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Why Nation not take this opportunity. But then I realized, oh, this is actually strategically very smart because this was <clears throat> this Republican primary debate was not that big a news story. Nobody really cared, but they will care when you have actual presidential candidates up there. Right. If it's like I can't if they if News Nation has Trump, Biden and RFK Jr. up on stage or who knows, if Trump gets knocked out, maybe Vivek Ramaswamy. But if it's a real presidential debate, that's when you hit him with the question. And that's when you not only hit him with what is going on with UFOs, 
but you also hit him with what happened to JFK and will you release the JFK <laughs> assassination files? And I mean, can you imagine asking that with Robert Kennedy up on Oh stage? my goodness. Oh I mean, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Robert Kennedy just turning to them and saying, what is wrong with you two? You were both president and you didn't release the files on the murder of my uncle. Right. I mean, he could just call them out. Just, it would, I mean, I, I mean, it's like, oh, that's what News Nation, I think, is waiting for. I mean, because if they had done that during that Republican primary thing, then they pr might not get to do a presidential one because they've already played their card. They showed, oh, this is too scary, News Nation. So uh, I think they were like, look, we're we're a gentle debate <laughs> host. We're no threat. They're just like, please give us the presidential candidates when it matters. And right, right. So yeah, that's, it's going to be a very interesting year. So I'll probably follow it more than I have the last few election <laughs> years. So, well, we're getting towards the end here, yep. Matt. Um, and it's, a, I think, a little late to lead a guided meditation. But, you know, if I may, I can share the link uh, for our morning meditation groups for anyone who's interested in joining us. Oh, great. Yeah, you want we can put it in the description or do you we could do that yeah it's uh actually i can i can actually sh share my screen too if if um uh, if you want me to but it's yep. called all right you can share your screen so then i'll have it on there and i'll make sure i put it also in the description okay let's see share screen where's my what am i looking at here um okay bingo so this is the instill daily meditations uh morning meditation every morning and this is east coast uh time uh in the united states um kind of new york time uh instill daily meditations eight o'clock every morning i do fridays uh, but we have uh we swap out with different teachers different styles of meditation the whole idea that i want to present is to use this meditation, any meditation, anything that you can use to stay grounded, stay in your body, stay feet on the ground, um, and just breathe. Because a lot of what's coming, I think, could be uh, could cause a lot of people to feel uncentered and um, probably even not too sure of what they're even seeing anymore, whether to believe anything. So meditation helps. And I'm just going to put in a little plug for the uh, Instill Mindfulness program. It's uh, instillmindfulness.com. And you can go to events and find the morning meditations. Awesome. Do you, and do you join uh, one of these um, on a daily basis? Or do you just join when you're facilitating uh, leading it? When I when I'm not busy doing other things, I jump in whenever I can. They also have a, a, other events going on. They have discussion groups, um, you know, things to to you know, in person and Zoom. They call inspire groups. For just talking a lot of philosophy or, but they're they're starting to build up now, and because it, it's almost coming from nothing, they're just starting to build their online presence. So that's why I'm putting this out there so we can uh, get some people in. Right. And when and when someone joins one of these meditations, they don't they don't have to talk or anything, right? They just go no. in. And you can come listen. in. You you don't even have to put your camera on. You can stay muted or, you know, camera off. Doesn't matter. Just come in whenever you want and leave whenever you want and participate, you know, in a we usually talk for 2 or 3 minutes before we jump into the meditation every time. But after it afterwards we just 
sign off. Okay. And yeah. does does everyone like before you start, is it sort of open? Everyone can just talk or is it just the facilitators talk? Anybody, anybody for the first few minutes and then you can mute yourself and we'll go into meditation. That's how it works. Right. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, so no, a, uh, no guided meditation today for the, no, the not today. I think we're running a little over, but, um, we'll try and squeeze one in next week. All right. Yes. For our many listeners, normally we finish with a, uh, 10 minute or so guided meditation, but you, if you go to any of our previous episodes, you will be able to hear Doro give a nice guided meditation at the end of those. Also. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. All right. So shall we wrap today then? Sounds good. Thank you right. so much. I love yeah, it. Thank you. Another See you next week. Show. All right. Till next time. Bye-bye.